You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Reporting for duty. Justin Davis. Scoop. And Mitchell Saltzman joins us this week. Mitchell reviewed Final Fantasy 16 for us. Welcome to the show, Mitchell. Thank you. Good to be here. We'll be diving into Final Fantasy 16 in just a bit. But first, I have to give a shout out to Max Scoville for the headline of this week's episode. We need to talk about the Mario elephant in the room. We have a daily news meeting in the mornings where we talk about stories and pick stories for the Daily Fix, and that was a headline that Max had suggested. We ended up not using it, so I asked him if we could use it for GameScoop, and he graciously said yes. Thank you for that, Max. Before we jump into Final Fantasy 16, I have, a cu- I have two Tears of the Kingdom anecdotes that I want to share. Ooh. Ooh. First one is, uh, so I'm, I'm still playing, loving the game. I've just done one temple, and I've just been, uh, I've been doing all the reporter uh, side quests. And oh, waking, wow. Those are very diverse. Yeah, those, those are really so good. fun. And waking up the great fairies and doing all that. So I was exploring a cave, and I reached the, you know, the end of the cave. I, I, fin- I completed the cave. And of course, in this game, you don't just backtrack and walk back out to the entrance. You ascend in order to exit mm-hmm. the cave. But in this case, I ascended and emerged into another cave. A whole other Whoa. cave, a whole other named cave. So I was like... Really? Okay, yeah. It was just another cave on top of that one. It was great. That's so I was amazing. Like, I was like, well, okay, then now I'm, now I'm going to explore this cave. And for my second story, I'm going to swear for emphasis in here. So just a heads up if you're listening uh, oh. near your young kids. So I've mentioned before that my son, Kingo, is almost four. Mm-hmm. He plays a lot of Mario and a lot of the robot game, which is Astro's Playroom on PS5. So I thought maybe I would... <laughs> Try showing him Tears of the Kingdom, and I just showed him like the area. What is it? Lookout, lookout landing or something? Lookout right? landing. That, yep. Yeah, lookout mm-hmm. landing. So I just showed him that area, mm-hmm. and he was like immediately captivated. He just loved running around there, uh, going down to the little underground area where you can 
yeah. talk to people and cook. He likes shooting arrows. And then eventually he settled into a loop of just shooting himself up in the tower, gliding down to the ground, and then just doing that over and over again. So he absolutely loved it. He was doing no combat, just running around that area. So we did this for like two or three evenings when he gets this like playtime uh, after dinner. And then, then on the next night, he was doing the same thing. And then the blood moon sort of trigger event happened. And the whole like scene changes, the, mu the music changes, and he sees all these monsters coming out. And he flipped the fuck out. He threw my switch on the ground. was like, no, daddy, no. No, daddy, no. So we had to, have, we had to cool off. Have a long talk. He was okay. Didn't have any like nightmares or anything, but he was. He he's told me since then that he never wants to play Nintendo Switch or Zelda ever again. So oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Zelda games are uh, scary, man. Uh, like when I was a kid, Ocarina of Time like scarred me because of those dang wall masters on the ceiling. Oh uh, yeah, the, the hands. Temple. Those are I, terrible. I still to this day have trouble getting through the Forest Temple because those things just traumatized me as a child. Yeah, the spirit get... temple, or oh, not the spirit temple, the the, shadow the one temple? in the graveyard. Shadow Temple's boss mm -hmm. is really weird too, with the severed hands. Yeah, yeah. it's really weird. You got to just pull him aside and say, "Look, son, that's just known as the Blood Moon. That's when mm -hmm. all the monsters come talk. out and try to kill you and get you." Because you can't um, get rid of them permanently. You can nope. kill all the monsters you want, but they'll come back. Yep. They they'll come back and get you every time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I'm sure if you explained it to him like that, he'd be fine. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. He's fine now. He's just back to playing the robot game, which he's like he's hundred percented it multiple times, and he just we just always have to start a new save because he beats every level, finds every uh, artifact, every puzzle piece. He's, wow. he's there's that claw machine where you can spin coins to get more stuff. He's depleted that, and then we just have to restart a new game over and over again. Whoa. It does that. I'm going cool. to have to hit you up for, for early game recommendations for, for a child because yeah. I, I cannot wait for you know those moments with, with my son. Yeah. Splatterhouse. Been, Splatterhouse, yeah, for sure. Splatterhouse. You can, like, the Mario 3D games, you can fully control them, run around, get Mario ever, wherever he has to go. It's good. Little gamer. Can't ride, a, can't ride his bike, his, even his, like, push bike that you're supposed to walk with your feet. Can't do that. Very uncoordinated, but solid, <laughs> solid gaming skills already. Um, True got the, gem. The, the important part. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Final Fantasy 16 is out now. Mitchell. Wait, no. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you said you had, a, you, you had a second Zelda anecdote. That was, that was one two. anecdote. The, that was two. Yeah, the, Going the into the cave, the cave and then the Kengo. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, right. Okay, my mistake. My bad. No I problem. just love Zelda anecdotes so much. <laughs> Um, Final Fantasy 16, Mitchell gave it a 9 out of 10, thought it was amazing. Uh, I played a couple hours of it last night, which Me meant too. that I watched two hours of cutscenes and just got I to watched just Final got Fantasy to dabble a little 16. bit. The the combat seems like it'll be fun. I did the whole the like training uh, area and then you go on a, a little mission to uh, get some goblins and then you have to battle mm -hmm. the Final Fantasy version of PD the Piranha Plant. And I did all that, and so the combat seems fun. It's a very pretty game. So far, the uh, performances seem good. This seems like the rare Japanese game that I won't want to switch to the Japanese voice track. And as Mitchell, you point out in your review, that the active time lore uh, sort of feature is really, really cool. The fact that you can just so stop cool. a conversation at any moment to see, like, who are these people? Where are we? What battle is happening in the distance? It's, like, really, really cool. And I think, like, like you said in the review, I hope more story games start to add that feature. So. Yeah, and uh, a couple people have pointed out in the comments that it's not like entirely new. This has been around in mm. other genres. Like Pillars of Eternity okay. also had a very similar system. 
Um, there's a couple other examples, but it's not like widespread. And this is definitely the the first like real Pad, big to bring up a series I can think of that that has used a, a, a you know a system like this to you know it's it's almost like uh, what what Amazon Prime does when you when you pause an Amazon mm. show you know you're able to see who the actors are in the scene you're able to you know get a a, a little breakdown of who they are of who they are um, it's just it's so smart and. Not just RPGs. I think all story-heavy games going forward should should really make use of this. Thoughts this isn't even an RPG, so it makes sense <laughs> for any type. Oh. <laughs> Was that a disparaging remark, Sam? No, I, I don't only play RPGs. In fact, I can't stand RPGs sometimes. So I think it's nice that it's a it's basically a devil devil may cry game. How much truth is there to that, Mitchell? Is this is is Final Fantasy not an RPG anymore? So it's it's. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it, it predominantly is a character action game. If you look at what you're doing for the majority of the game outside of watching cutscenes, uh, you know, the actual <laughs> time, the time spent playing the game, it is like playing a, a Devil May Cry game. You are, you know, engaging with combat in a very similar way. Um, the The actual RPG elements, as I talk about in my review, are by far the weakest parts of the game. Um, you know, you equipping your character with, with gear, which is such a, a fundamental part of other RPGs is so automatic in this game. I, I never like thought about what I was putting on my character. I would just come back to the, the hideaway. I would go to the blacksmith. I would see that he had a, a better weapon. I would put it on and I would go on my way. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and there's an element of that that's disappointing, but also, you know, it, it, it does kind of take the strengths and really lean it more towards the the combat of, of it all. So, you know, it, it, it's a double-edged sword, I think, in a lot of cases. But for me, as someone who loves, 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 loves action games, mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, the easiest way to get me super interested in playing a Final Fantasy. <laughs> was there a... Um, did you get to play a 7 remake? I did. And I, re- I really like 7 remake also. Seven Do you remake. think this is is has less RPG elements than the first part of Seven Remake? Yeah, because Seven Remake still has that that uh, party building aspect. You're still equipping the materia. You're still customizing how you want your cloud to play, how you want your Tifa to play. Yeah. Um, you can you can make Barrett a healer if you wanted to in that game. <laughs> um, what about like the areas of kind of like there's chests hit here and materia in and around and stuff like that? Like, did you? Yeah. Get that draw to like, oh, I need to find everything in this region. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> that's that's one of the weaknesses of it. I think it is so linear to the point where there's just no real reason to go off the beaten path. You you open you'll open a chest and you'll find like a common crafting material that you can get just from killing mm-hmm. you know a random mob out in the field, or you know it'll be like a potion. Uh, there's like only four consumables that you can basically get in this game there's potions high potions uh there's like a buffing thing that you can get and and i think there's there's a couple of different things that you can you can consume to get like a temporary buff so there's just not a lot in the way of things to find in the world do you think this kind of is indicative of like almost like a pandemic developed final fantasy where they did i i, I think this is 
a good thing where they thought like we can't really realize this as the open world areas and stuff we want to do so they just cut 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 and made almost like a streamlined version of seven remake no i think it's i think it's uh developing the game to the vision of it being an action game um mm-hmm. you know when you're playing an action game you don't want to go too far off the beaten path because then you're just kind of wandering around not playing in in action <laughs> you're not you're not fighting things um sure so think, but then why call that final fantasy 16 that's what confuses me is that you have well, 15 predecessors including <laughs> online games that are giant open world games yeah i mean there is there is the argument of like why isn't this a spinoff like uh um stranger of paradise there there i can definitely see that argument but you know there are still iconic final fantasy elements to this there is the the grand story there is the the big focus on on characters. There's you know the iconic Final Fantasy monsters. The the, the icons are all Final mm-hmm. Fantasy summons, mm-hmm. classic Final <clears throat> Fantasy summons. Um, there's a a big focus on side quests. Like that's that's one thing that you don't find in a lot of action games. Um, by the way, we have a really good side quest page. If you want to just go do the ones that are important, look for the little plus mark. Great great guide page. Well, you do have to do kind of a, a large portion of bad ones before you get to the good ones, which is one of the <laughs> the unfortunate things. Uh, I do think the side quests in this game are a strength, but only once you get to the back half of the game. Okay. Justin, you what really like fascinating Final Fantasy. Hmm, interesting. Justin, you really liked Final Fantasy 15. I did. I downloaded 16. Um, I'm in a different time zone, so I didn't get a chance to start. I had to make that tough choice of. Um, you know, that game is, uh, I don't know the exact number. Final Fantasy 16 is approximately 5,000 gigabytes big is what it seemed like. Um, and so, you, like, I had to make that choice of, like, like Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It had to go. Like, yep. it's off the PS5 yeah. now. Yep. I also had to, that one was the easy one. The harder one was I also had to get rid of God of War Ragnarok. I'm like, well. Yeah. Uh, no, I already did that one. So, to make room for Final Fantasy 16, I let go of Elden Ring. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands yeah. and Bloodstained. Those are those yeah. are the three that had to yeah. go for me. I it's kept so, Resident Evil Four, but I got rid of uh, what was the Sony game from earlier this year with the dragons and the fantasy world and stuff. The Sony game with <laughs> the dragons and the fantasy world. Oh, uh, for for spoken. For spoken. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah. So um, so anyway, I have Final Fantasy sixteen awaiting me tonight, and yeah, I really did love fifteen. I mean, the game. I really respect Square Enix and I respect the Final Fantasy franchise for reinventing itself. And it went from turn-based battles to active time battles. And then, you know, 13 and its sequels had innovative battle systems and 15, you know, again, although it's maligned mostly by gamers, I was just completely enamored with it. I was kind of obsessed with it actually. Um, so, you know, that, that switching doesn't bother me. I, I think I've talked about this on scoop a couple months ago. Like I don't know why square, like they seem to make things really, really difficult on themselves. <laughs> It's like you don't have to completely reinvent what it means to be a role-playing game every time you make a Final Fantasy, but <laughs> you know they they seem to want to have you know new engines and new everything and like top of the line everything and you know I love them for it, but it's like guys, like you really like you could take it easy on yourself, like just have like a fun you know normal RPG battle system. Um, but you know I'm I'm excited to dive into it and um, experience uh, uh, you know Clive for myself. <laughs> And Sam, you were dabbling with it last night. I think I saw you yeah, yeah. online checking it out. Yeah, I, yep, I played through it, and I really it does uh, uh, for all of the things that looked like they'd be annoying or uninteresting to me. It totally drew, drew me in. Like yeah. it's just, 
I I do I, I haven't played a lot of the modern Final Fantasies, but like what, what what Mitchell was saying, like that kind of list of connect connective tissue, you know, I love it. You know, I, it's really cool. But also, like all I want to play is Tears of the Kingdom, so it's like it's just a yeah. weird time. But I, I, I actually don't want to get too much further because I will never go back to it. I feel mm-hmm. like I need to stay in the, the place where I'm like, okay, I can get back into it and just kind of play through when I have time. I can relate because all I want to play is Street Fighter Six. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Also a nine from Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I, is that? Uh, do you have a third nine you gave out this year, or are those your two highest scores? I, I, I also gave Pizza Tower a nine. <laughs> Pizza Tower. Pizza that's Tower. Right. That's right. <clears throat> that's so Final Fantasy out. Sixteen is as, at least is as good as Pizza Tower. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's how review scores work. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pizza Tower is fantastic, guys. Yeah, it's a great video. I love both Amazing. Games. Yeah, I uh, I have a first good first impression of Final Fantasy 16, but like Sam, I don't know it's not well, it's not just it's just not going to pull me away from Tears of the Kingdom. So, I actually like the idea Sam. maybe I should not play more of Final Fantasy 16 right now. Yeah. But yeah. I need to start it fresh at some point, um, or really close to fresh. But again, all I've done is watch a bunch of cutscenes and go on that first swamp mission. So like, I'm good. Like I can yeah. I can get back in now. Yeah, for sure. Matt, but my, my 2023 games I have not finished yet, or, or you know, it also includes uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor and Octopath Traveler 2. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. These are, that's, a, that's a long game, so I don't know. I got it. I, 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 be, beating video games is overrated. Just <laughs> throw, them out, throw them out when you. It's like I've, ha, I've had my fill. Yeah. I'm full. I don't need any more. You should just look at it as like a sample plate, you know, a sample mm-hmm. plate. Just kind of mm-hmm. pick and choose whatever, whatever plate you want, then move on. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learn a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. 
Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, how about that Nintendo Direct this week? I think it was one of the good ones. Multiple new Mario games. Mm -hmm. Uh, some really fun remasters. I don't know. Do, do you think that was uh, one of the better Nintendo Directs we've gotten recently, Sam? Uh, okay. I was pretty disappointed uh, during the entirety of the Direct. And then at the end of it, I kind of like processed it. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I just in the moment, what I wanted to see, I didn't see. And that's a, a Metroid of any variety, a remake, a new game, a 2D surprise, um, or the, these are the things I want to see Zelda DLC. I'm just curious about where they're going with that. I know mm -hmm. it's early, but I just want to see where they're going with it. And mm -hmm. then, uh, I, I also like, like, um, the surprises weren't really for me. Like the, I don't ever need to play Mario RPG again. I understand people love that game. It's a, it's a cool RPG, but it's not Chrono Trigger. It's not Final Fantasy six. It's Mario RPG. Like ne don't need to touch that again. <laughs> and honestly, I played it pretty recently and mm -hmm. it's pretty bad. Like it, that game is just it was great in the 90s. It doesn't hold up, I don't think. So we'll see how much they can do with a really slow combat-based RPG. It's kind of like those Mario and Luigi Super Saga games. It's like, those aren't that fun for me. I just, I, I played them all. You know, I played Paper Mario. They, they need to have a twist to, to pull me in. Mm -hmm. So that, that all that said, and then I, I, we'll talk about, you know, the, the new Mario game they, they announced, stuff like that. I did look back and think like, it is a pretty cool lineup, and even the little things they announced were really pretty interesting. So anyway, I have a, a little bit of a nuanced tape, take, but I actually, in, in the end, think it was a really cool direct. I will say on Mario RPG, so first of all, I completely agree. I think that that's the Mario RPG is the worst Mario RPG that they have ever made. It's worse. <laughs> I think it's worse than the Paper Mario games, and then the and certainly worse than the Mario and Luigi games. So, um, you know, and it's a little bit unfair because it was the first one, right? Like they figured yeah. out more about like how to make them over time, but um, it, it, it it it's clunky and um, you know, that's really good exploration. Like it's a fun world to explore. But what I will say is uh, it was announced, it wasn't in the direct, but afterwards, uh, the composer of the game is Yoko Shimomura, who, uh, you know, com is just legendary. I think she's probably the best video game composer maybe ever. Um, I think she's the best to ever do it. And um, she did the original soundtrack and she's back sort of doing remixes and new arrangements of cool. the songs for the remake. And like, I don't know that that's literally worth buying this game for, you know, full price, but like almost like it, it the, the soundtrack's going to be so good um and it just goes so hard like way harder than any 16-bit rpg soundtrack needed to so um <laughs> i'm really i'm really pumped for that particular aspect of this um but you know but no i don't, I don't feel the need to run around that world again well yeah so mario rpg remakes coming uh november 17th same day as persona 5 tactica i was excited to see it but in all fairness i have not played that game since 1996 so 27 years ago, almost 30 years ago. Um, I don't know. Mitchell, are you a fan of Super Mario RPG? Oh, my God. I love Super Mario RPG. It, uh, Mitchell was the one commenting in meetings on it. So I know he's, he's, he's here for it. <laughs> uh, no, I, like, uh, I think there's a trifecta of, of, you know, RPGs for me. And it's Chrono Trigger, it's Super Mario RPG, and it's Skies of Arcadia. Those are the wow. three that, that I would love to see new versions yeah. of. So Man, and, two two of the three of those are so good. <laughs> uh, just... And you know, it's one of those things where I, I think one of the, the often overlooked elements of Super Mario RPG is that it's like a really funny game. 
like the way that it Mario communicates with with people by like imitate by doing charades. Um, you know the the relationship that that he has with Bowser in this game is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. There's just like That's a true. lot of really neat elements of this game that you don't see in in Mario since <sighs> that we haven't seen in Mario since. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a lot of like really cool secrets, like you know, I, I, and if you've never played Mario RPG, I don't know if I want to spoil them for you, but there's a lot of like really cool hidden things off the beaten path that you can and experience cameos too. Yeah, cameos yeah. too. Famous, famous for references and cameos. Mm-hmm. And I think like the combat system, while it's simple, it, there's really rewarding elements of skill to it. Um, like timing, uh, nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine Geno Whirl is one of the coolest things you can do <laughs> in that you know SNES era of video games. Um, there's just there's so much to this game that I can't wait to see remastered, and I, I do hope though that they do add some new elements that you know longtime fans can look forward to yeah i'm curious to see how remastered it is right like is this game gonna look and feel i mean no it doesn't look the same but is it gonna feel the same or like how like it seems like kind of a heavy remaster i don't know we've talked about this a lot on scoop over the years of like you know it's up it's completely rebuilt from the ground up is it something in between um you know and i think that this game like the scenario like i was bagging on it a minute ago and i stand by it but like the the core scenario is like fun and interesting and it's a really fun world to explore so it's a good game to be remade but it still has the kind of awkward looking based off the footage we saw like isometric yeah. you know kind of platforming um elements to it and i just i'm not i'm not here for that but like but the core scenario that you go through and you're right about all the bowser stuff like if that feels more modern you know and up to 2023 standards like i think that that would be great it's hard to see where they're going with the, I mean, we saw a lot of the art style and they look like they just made it cartoony Mario style, but like the original game had its own thing. It was like, a, mm-hmm. you know, th- this pre-rendered rare era type look mm-hmm. to it, which, which almost had like a toy or clay look, which I think Link's Awakening remake ended up looking like a lot. Mm-hmm. And I really liked how that looked. I, and, and like, I think this game deserved a little bit more of a, maybe a diorama look. Um, and I think they're missing out on that. However, Paper Mario is like the most stylized thing ever. And the re- most recent Paper Mario is gorgeous. So like, you know, I can't can't fault it for not being a, just a remake in Paper Mario form because we have plenty of those. But yeah, it's just mm. there's some interesting choices going into this. But I know people that like this game so much that they're so excited for it. And I, I think that's great. You can also play this on the eShop. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it, Mario RPG. Like you can you can play the original right now. So I think they have some incentive to go a little bit further in that. So we'll see what they do, right? Okay, and then there was Super Mario Bros. Wonder, a brand new 2D Mario game, the first 2D Mario game, and I think in a decade. That one's out October 20th, same day as Spider-Man 2. I think people are excited about this one. It looks very cool to me. Other people excited for this? I loved it. They took uh, the Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy level from Yoshi's Island, which is, you know, one of the best moments in any Mario game ever, and then they made it a whole game. (laughs) I also really like... The, the new art style that they're going with here. Um, right. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not new Super Mario Brothers style. No. Everyone is way more expressive. Um, and, like, there's there's voice acting, it looks like. So there, there's a lot of really cool, like, little touches that just haven't been in a 2D Mario game. Like, the, mm-hmm. look at the way I, he, he, like, he's got I the, little, love... the little smirk on, or, like, the little frown on his face while yeah. he's running. 
Yeah. I love the animations. I love the expressiveness on all the characters. I've talked about this on Scoop before, but like Nintendo seems to be becoming more and more Pixar and Disney like over the years. The last time I really feel like I saw this, although, you know, this was co-developed. It wasn't just Nintendo, but was um, uh, Luigi's Mansion on the Switch, like looked like a Pixar cartoon yeah. and just like, you know, it's so inventive. Look at, oh, look at tall Mario. Um, and, you know, like there were some leaks and rumors about a 2D Mario is like about to be announced. And then everyone was kind of like, I don't know. And then in one like three minute trailer, the entire Internet's just like, yeah, OK. All right. Yep. OK. You won me over. Let's go. I think people are just so relieved and glad that it's not that new Super Mario Brothers style, which a, there was four games of it, so people are over it. And B, it was just not, you know. And the games, you know, the games, the games are good. Like the games are very good two D platformers, yeah. but it just this just feels like so much more inventive and has so much more spark. Love it. Yeah. Sam, what do you think about this? Uh, one? I think it looks so bad. Oh my like, god! The, no way. The, yeah, I think it looks like a worse style than Super New Super Mario what? Brothers somehow. Like I think Mario looks so derpy when he jumps. He looks like a total idiot. I just I can't believe that they're going this way. And uh and you know, like I like the idea of there being a lot to do in this, but the levels are just those goalpost levels. You you move from left to right and there's a bunch of funny stuff that happens between. That is not the reason I play Super Mario Brothers. Like the reason I, and, and then you you see the map a little bit too. It's just like one of those kind of like go from level to level maps like look at super mario world it's it's doing zero things that super mario world did hmm. it's not having these cool interconnected levels with a bunch of secrets it's not doing the xy access of like you know hey here's a you know you might go into the background of this they have a bunch of that that you're looking at here but you know they, they don't have these like intricately like you know hidden secrets within with the levels either like it's just the world map the levels everything and, and the style it's just like it looks like a knockoff of Mario. It looks like Super Giolina Sisters to me. I, I just can't believe this is what they went with. And then you know, Mario's face doesn't even look like it, right? Remember when we first saw the the um, you know Chris Pratt Mario stuff? Like, mm-hmm. is that the models they're using for this? Like, I can't really tell. Um, I know it'll be full of whimsy and, and stuff like that. I just don't think it'll be full of like wonder and like you know the kind of the the reason I play Zelda and Mario games. It's no Mario Odyssey, right? No. Super Mario Wonder, missing the Which wonder. right there in the title. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. But I do like the idea. It looks like, to, like the you know, the, between the, the start and the finish of a Mario game, there can be some really crazy stuff. Like Justin alluded to, touch fuzzy, get dizzy. Look how stupid Mario looks when he jumps. <laughs> That's absolutely. so good. No. Like he's having so I much like fun. It. I like Why it. Why do his hands go out on either side of him? And it's just He's ridiculous. having a blast. Yeah. I guess so. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it just, you know, like this level looks like a little bit vertical, which is cool, but it's just, they just look like run to the end as fast as possible. And um, I'm worried about that. Koopa Troopas on roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask if anyone no, no. was disappointed that it's not a 3D follow up to Odyssey. Is that, are oh, you no, in that I mean, definitely. Right? Yeah. Like I definitely want Odyssey too. I think I even tweeted this out too. Like, yeah, like Odyssey two would be like the hype like oh my god moment yeah. but like this looks like a really really fun really delightful video game yeah yeah i agree do i i noticed something interesting i don't feel like anyone pays attention to this stuff but me but like uh, uh, mario games are super mario blank super mario odyssey super mario sunshine super mario 64 except this is super mario bros or super mario brothers wonder mm-hmm. oh weird and i'm like and then i'm like why isn't it super mario wonder and then that got me thinking like 
maybe maybe the bros is the 2d like that's replacing new like Mm. new was the branding for the 2d games right right yeah but it was also new super mario brothers 2 new super mario brothers u and so maybe brothers is like the 2d and super mario blank is the 3d Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll move off of this. Like I won't bog down the show anymore, but like, this is the kind of stuff that like, I, that I stay up at night thinking about at night thinking about it. Yeah. I think, I think the bros also kind of, you know, it implies that it's multiplayer, which, you know, obviously mm, this is, mm. um, but yeah, it's got Daisy uh, in it. What was that? It's got, yeah, it's got it. Daisy. It's got the Yoshis. Uh, I, know. I think this looks delightful. Um, you know, Same. I it's it's been too long since we've gotten a proper 2D a new 2D Mario game, and you know the the new Super Mario Brothers games are were, were mm-hmm. fine. I think um, I I I really hope that this is kind of you know the start of something new and special for 2D Mario because yeah, it's been missing too long. I mean, you like you think about like so the new Super games and like you know look they're not bad but they're also not like Rayman is better right like they're not exceptional um, and so if you want to go is better yeah yeah like okay like if you want to go way back to like the last two D Mario that tried to do something new and innovative and fresh it's Yoshi Island man it's nineteen ninety five and then we had this like this this decades of like you know kind of generic feeling 2d mario games which i i feel guilty as i'm like saying this stuff out loud because they're not you know look they're really well done games but they're just not they didn't feel like special yeah no i agree i think and i i don't really like that art style personally um no yeah our footage cut away before mario turned into his elephant form uh what's one of the things that's interesting about that is like he like wears costumes a lot but i think this is the first time he's fully changed into an animal that has his features ever he's like an anthropomorphic uh elephant yeah, of course mean, in there, odyssey you, be- like... you you like possess these things but here he's like transformed into a humanoid elephant well it's cat mario cat mario suit, frog mario right? i think because he still has his human face but he says meow and he's got claws. Yeah, well, okay. well, kind of, you know, changes up his, his abilities. <laughs> you're, you're, you are right that it's more suit-like. Like, even going back to the NES days, like Frog Mario and Tanuki Mario, like, it felt a little bit more like a costume. There it is. Yeah. And this feels a little She's bit more, yeah. Like, transform into a different creature. <laughs> it yeah. seems like they're, they are leaning into, like, this, like, psychedelic Mario thing, which is, like, very yeah. strange. I do. I think that there's this there's this like elephant glyph behind him. By the way, when he turns into the elephant, mm. and it makes me wonder if there's going to be like further animal transformations. Yeah, I feel like they there's sh- got to be. They showed that he does the elephant thing, but not what his like powers are as an elephant. We don't know what new abilities he gains. I don't think. I hope it's nothing. I hope it's, it's just, he's just exactly the same. <laughs> just a big elephant man. Just <laughs> stuck that way. Yeah. To me, it seems like almost uh, analogous to the, uh, the the mega mushroom from. The new Super yeah. Mario Brothers games. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a a rare power up that you're gonna, you're going to get to get through like a specifically designed section for that power up, and then mm-hmm. you're probably just going to leave it. Yeah. Okay, Sam, were you more excited about Pikmin Four? Oh yeah, I think Pikmin Four looks cool. It looks a little it looks a little dated. It doesn't look as like sparkly and, and cool looking as it possibly could. It kind of just mm-hmm. looks like it it's looked yeah. for twenty years now, but um. Yeah, those, that game will be so fun. I can't wait for that game. It does feel like, you know, as a Pikmin aficionado, it feels like they sort of plucked all the best elements from the previous Pikmin games and sort of 
hopefully this is like, you know, cause look, how many more Pikmin games are we going to get <laughs> if we're being honest? So like, I love, I love a lot about this trailer. I love that they're leaning into like Pikmin has always had like hints and clues that like, you're these little teeny tiny creatures. Like, you know, the Pikmin are like pulling a battery out of the ground and like returning it. But like now the levels are like clearly leaning into that of like, you're in someone's living room and you know, like it's, it's a game boy that you're returning. And mm-hmm. so I like that. Um, I like the sort of uh, they brought back Pikmin 2's kind of like dungeon crawling element. Love it. Love everything about it. Um, I recognize that it's niche, but it's definitely a game for me. Yeah. And I think it's cool. They're, we're getting remasters of Pikmin 1 and 2. So all four Pikmin games will be on Switch. Yeah, uh, I am not a Pikmin aficionado, but not <laughs> for you know any reason of not liking it. It's just I never got around to really playing them. Mm-hmm. I think I will try to get into Pikmin One and Two with that remaster collection, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, you should buy. You should get three instead. Yeah, don't even I, buy I don't think, the first two. Uh, in my opinion, three kind of supersedes one and two, yeah, Boy, and yeah. it's just it, 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 it's just like up three is like you know, and I think four is going to be this too of like you know three is like Pikmin realize in its best form, mm-hmm. and then four hopes it seems like it even builds on that. Yeah. Okay. I don't like. I, I would say play three first, and if you're like, "Wow, I really like that," then like okay. then one and two are still there. Yeah. All right, that's a good plan. These interiors are so different. Yeah. Very very unusual. Some grapes. Yeah, I mean, I love I love the look of of the environments. It's it's got that you know almost photo real quality on the Switch. <laughs> I, I always hope cool. for games like this, like what is the Breath of the Wild like transformation? What's the Mario Odyssey transformation? Like this does look a lot more straightforward than, you know, I guess I'd expect, Mm -hmm. but you know, I feel the same way about Mario wonder. And especially because this game was, I think Miyamoto just talked about it too soon, right? Like it it, it feels like some game that's been stuck in development hell, but I don't think that's actually true. I think it's just because they talked about it for years. Right. And then it comes out and like, look, this game looks great. I'm going to play it. I'm going to love it, but it looks like kind of conventional, right? (laughs) Like it's like, okay, well, more Pikmin, and it's like you would expect some kind of like mind-blowing Super Mario-esque or like Zelda, you know, Breath of the Wild-esque twist. And it's like, no, nah, it's just, it's just, this is just Pikmin. You're gonna have so yeah. much fun. There's Pikmin that glow now. <laughs> yeah, and there's some kind of co-op mode they were showing off, right? Or competitive mode, some something like that, which is yeah, like couch co-op thing. And that's not super new, right? Like competitive has been in nope. Pikmin before. That's yeah, because right. it is a real-time a strategy, right? So they try to get it in. I, yeah, I, I'm even trying to remember. I think two, maybe. I mean, maybe all of them, but two is Three the one I remember sure. actually playing multiplayer. Is that Pikmin that glows? Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> is anyone uh, excited for WarioWare? Move it. Yeah. 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 No. No, Justin. I think yes, it's. Yes, no. I think it's silly that it's. I think it's silly that it's. You know, forcing you to dock your switch. But you know, I like WarioWare a lot. I just wish it was four player and had a few other options to play it. Oh, is it, so it's I just two-player? It looks like it. And I think I, I saw that this is kind of like a successor to the, the Wii one the that mm. also used yeah. motion controls. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate that WarioWare does kind of the same thing, but it does it with different control inputs all the time. Um, and, you know, I, I the thing I always love about these games is the, the little twists that they put on classic Nintendo games. Mm. So... You know, I, I'll I'll be I'm sure I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, I do agree with that. I like all the references, the Ultra Hand and stuff like that. Yeah, 
I just WarioWare used to have actually really tight gameplay that was like pretty thoughtful. And then I think it kind of devolved into just party game shenanigans. And it doesn't matter if half the mini games barely work. Like so, you know, I I I, I miss the older WarioWare games. What what I'll say also is that while I'm excited for WarioWare, uh playing Pizza Tower Pizza Tower this year has made me like ravenous for Wario to return to his roots and for us to get a new Wario Land game because like the things that Pizza Tower does with that style of gameplay, like it's just it, it's so cool and there's really nothing like it other than like Wario Land 3. So yeah. I would love to see Nintendo go back to Wario Land and see what they can do with it. What was the Wario Land on the Wii? Is that Shake It? Shake It, I think, yeah. That one's yeah. really good. And the Virtual Boy one's really fun, too. Cool. Yeah, but I, but that's... I think Wario Land 3 specifically was like the one that Pizza Tower, I think, really took inspiration from. It's that, it's that idea of like going through a level, hitting the end, and then frantically racing back to the start in, uh-huh. in a different kind of way um, that yeah. I think is really, really cool. And I would love to see them try that That is again. cool. And also just the movement and like how mm-hmm. it feels. Yeah. How like your movement is your weapon. Yeah. Cool. All right. We're getting an HD remaster of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. I've actually never played that one. I actually, I've only played Luigi's Mansion 3 in that series. Anyone yeah, a fan of Dark Moon? She- never played it. Never played it, unfortunately. I always play 30% of those games. Yeah. yeah. I, I also played 30% do, of actually. <laughs> That's weird. They're good, but like they're, they're, they're not, they never keep me past that point. Mm-hmm. They announced a new Princess Peach game, uh, currently untitled, as yet untitled. Seems yeah, to be hopefully, 2D-ish. 2D platform. Hopefully it's better than, the, better than the last Princess Peach game. She just walks um, around a stage, you know? And like Mario 3 is kind of based as a stage play. I'm really curious mm-hmm. to see what, what the hell game this is. Yeah. Did they even give a release window for that? I think they said 2024 or they were very vague about it. I mean, the last princess peach game was on the DS and was all about all her powers were based off her emotions. And it was like the very first time that like, you know, a woman, a a female Mario character had started a game and they're like, let's make it so that all of her, the whole conceit of the game is she's, she's hyper emotional. And like, even as like, like back then that was not as much in my awareness. And even then I was like, "Mm, I don't think this is okay. I don't think this is great. (laughs) Yeah. Something about this seems off. Yeah. So we've got all these new Nintendo games coming. Still no new hardware. But like we have like the, now we know what the whole rest of their year looks like. Sam, like what are you sort of you yeah. thinking about the new hardware now? You think it'll be I know. Next year? I think it'll be spring spring next year, you know, talked about, mm. you know, summer next year shown, released fall. Yeah, I think so too. I think that Nintendo has spent the last few months figuring out if they can or want to release that console in the spring or fall. And I think that this direct is them saying, now nah, we're going to release it in the fall. Uh, like fall 2024. Yeah. Hmm. I think that they were I think that they were debating or you know trying to figure out what time of year next year. But now that we have Princess Peach and a few other games hitting in early 2024, mm-hmm. I think that they're waiting till fall. And they'll have Metroid and some other really yep. big things that they want to launch with. Metroid and maybe 3D Mario would be launch games, yeah. if I were to guess. The question I have is, whatever comes out next for Nintendo, will it be the same kind of thing that the Switch is doing with the hybrid handheld? 
I mean, Hatsul it's been such gonna, a success, yeah. right? You'd, you'd have to think yep. so. But so was the Wii. Yeah, the Wii was a su- su- well, success too, and then they moved on from it. But then again, but then again, here's the, like, I, I mean, the Switch is kind of like the Wii, right? That's what I was just going to say. It's like they didn't really walk away from it with the Switch even. They just had like a different, you know, they piled more stuff on top. If they did a Switch 2 or like, you know, the same form, the same-ish form factor, Nintendo has never done that ever in the history of the company with their mm-hmm. home consoles. So like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't, I don't, know. I'm not making any kind of like bigger point. I just think that would be interesting. It's going to be the Switch, but 3D. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, I need to get uh, Justin's thoughts on something. They had Gloomhaven coming to Switch during the Nintendo Direct, but it's also just coming to all consoles on September 18th. Uh, and this is a, um, you know, I, this, is it still the highest rated mm-hmm. board game of all time, Justin? It, it has fallen to the number two or number three highest rated board game of all Got time. It. So mm. it's basically trash now. You're trash, um, yeah. <laughs> No, I played, I played the Gloomhaven digital port on PC. Um, it was great. So that, that's what this is. This isn't new. It's been on Steam for a couple of right. years now. Right, but it's coming um, to console. So I, it, I, I would actually play it now if, it's, if, you, if you would recommend it. Yeah, I think the PC port's really great. They were really thoughtful and really, like, they really went above and beyond with, like, how um, they, they, board games, when they come to, come to video when they get translated into a video game either have to feel a lot like a board game like Carcassonne and Catan and yeah. those games we used to play on XBLA or they have to turn it into a video game and like this one takes the latter approach of it feels quite a bit more like a tactical RPG honestly mm-hmm. like that's that's what it feels like but it's good it's really well done cool it's a really good port I will check it out on one of my consoles uh before we move on, it occurs to me that while we have Mitchell here, Mitchell is a, a real fighting game aficionado, and I'd, I'd love to hear what you're thinking about, how you're feeling about Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, I'm excited for Mortal Kombat 1. It, it's it's tough because we've had you know Mortal Kombat 9 and then the jump to Mortal Kombat X. There's a huge difference in in, in like the, the look of it, in the style of play. And then from MKX to MK11, also big jump in terms of like the visual quality and you know the the, the more neutral kind of style of, of the combat and then you you see the jump to mk1 and it looks very very much like mk11 mm-hmm. um that said like there's there's a lot more stuff going on with the combo system it looks like so i think there's gonna like freedom of combo expression is gonna be a big feature here for for fighting game fans um you know it's one of those things where we're gonna have to i'm gonna have to get some extended hands on time with it to really come mm-hmm. back with like you know in-depth thoughts but i i love mortal kombat and it sure looks like mortal kombat so <laughs> well yeah i agree <laughs> with that what do you think about the fact that it's coming to the switch oh sh- i didn't even know that <laughs> it is <laughs> wow it's coming to uh switch. that's surprising uh yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know how they're gonna pull it off Good luck. I don't know either. <laughs> well, Mortal Kombat, uh, the first Mortal Kombat, which we can't even call Mortal Kombat 1 anymore, came to Game Boy, so I feel like you can port those things to anything. Yeah, it's true. I'll say that seems overly ambitious on the on the part of NetherRealm and WB, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, they brought Mortal Kombat 11 to the Switch. I don't think it ran that well, but maybe it sold well enough that they were like, we got to do this one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think kids are a big audience, and Switch is the I think the youngest install base. You know, well, kids. But, but wait, Mortal Kombat is for kids. Isn't I mean, Mortal Kombat? It, it always has been. I mean, I know that seems funny, but like that's why Joe Lieberman complained about it in the Senate for a year, right? Yeah. 
isn't Mortal Kombat 1 not coming out on PS4 and Xbox One? So it's no, coming no, out no. on Switch, but it's skipping the... Yes, because wow. Mitchell, Switch is a current-gen console. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, therein lies the quandary that I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird. It'll probably get cancelled, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's true. Well, so for our next topic, I had this, um, you know, the story that broke yesterday about how my Xbox is increasing price of Game Pass and the Series X everywhere except the U.S. But today, there's been so much other Microsoft and Xbox news that's been breaking. All right, oh you know, the gosh. one, the big one of today, is the fact that so this is all happening because um, the they're in court right now, arguing against the FTC, trying to get their ac- acquisition of Activision Blizzard through. And the big one today was that Microsoft has admitted in a, a court of law that Xbox has lost the console wars. That's now a matter yeah. of public record. Good I tactic mean, to get your, your acquisition through. I mean, <laughs> We're losing so hard, we need Activision. That's what they're doing. They're trying yeah. to make themselves look as meager and as pathetic as possible, right? Yeah. That's definitely the tightrope walk to act, right? Of like when they're when they're talking to gamers, they're like we're the biggest and they're, they're, we're the best. But then when they're talking <laughs> to like regulators, they're like, Ooh, we can't compete. We're, we're struggling. We can't get by. Yeah. yeah, it's very funny. And they, I just like it that they they did use the console war term because I think the That's judge crazy and, too. The, and, and like the other lawyer, they, there's just been a lot of like lack of video game knowledge in the courtroom, from what we understand. And it's just funny to like use that as just like something like, oh yeah, you know. The console war like, doesn't mean anything to the people that are educated in the face. Yeah, that's Micro- what the, the judge thinks. Video games are a, a Nintendo. <laughs> totally. That not literally, by the way, but I'm just but then, saying. But like, then that's Microsoft the backed that up with like, stats, right? They're mm-hmm. like, we ever since we released the Xbox, it's been in the last place or something like that, which like isn't true for the 360, right? That's so what I was gonna say. Like they were, that. you know, in the end, the PS3 ended up selling more units, but during that whole generation, Xbox was winning pretty much the whole time. Yeah. And Fine. they're also just winning, like the like the culture wars, like the, you know the the, you know people just tended to gravitate towards Xbox 360 more often back yep. then. Mm-hmm. No, no. Can you imagine boning that up? <laughs> well, what happened? I mean, they, they got a big head, just like yeah. you know, just like uh, Sony did leading into leading into that generation, and they're like, we're we're bigger than video games now. Now we're just going to compete with cable companies. That's, that's what oh, the yeah. Xbox right about that era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there is, of course, the news. They are going to raise price on, on Game Pass. It's going up $2. Game Pass Ultimate is now going to be $17 a month. Regular is going up $1 to 11 bucks. It is the first increase the service has had since it launched in 2017, though. Yeah, you know, first price raise in five years, six years kind of says it all, right? Like 17, it's, it's, price, price increases are, um, you know, one part economics of like, you know, look like inflation, yada, yada. And then it's one part psychology and like the economic side of it. It's like, yeah, it's completely reasonable that this is going up by two bucks. Like it makes total sense. But then the psychology of it is like 17, it's like that feels expensive mm-hmm. um, in a way that like 15 doesn't. Yeah. I mean, part of it has to do that they've got this huge game coming up in a couple months, right? With Starfield. And most yeah, people, sure. if, That's... I mean, I think pretty much everyone who has Xbox and is going to play Starfield is going to be playing it through Game Pass because why, why wouldn't you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have curiosity to, to poll the, the panel here. What is the maximum that you'd be willing to pay for, for Game Pass? 
I mean, it, kinda, it, it really so depends on the release schedule, right? Because like, if I think about Starfield, if I play Starfield for three months, then I, you know, I'm still under that $70 mark. It's, it's a deal, you know, yeah. Yeah. play Starfield with Game Pass. So it's, it, it's, it always kind of seems like a deal as long as they keep on stuffing Game Pass with new games. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's just kind of like what I was going with. It's that, you know, they're, they're adding more and more big AAA titles that you're going to get included with the service. So I'm just, I, I don't envision this being like the last hike or price hike in, you know, the next couple of years. I think they're just going to keep on raising it to match the value that they're giving. Where it gets confusing is when it, it, it starts to be like Netflix, where they keep on removing popular shows because they go to other streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like kind of surprising. They're like the mainstay background shows like, Netflix has Seinfeld right now, but I don't think it did for a little bit. And like, you know, there's like, there's just like weird things like that. I'm not, I'm not saying like that. I'm just using that as an example, but like, you know, the office or whatever, like those just wherever they end up, like, it's just not the Netflix that was crammed with everything at one point. And I don't know what's going to happen. Like what, what, what does it look like when the big guns start getting removed from, you know, Xbox? Maybe it's fine because all the new games are on it. Like that would be fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is very Netflix-like in the sense that 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 at the same time, these third-party titles are going to slowly sort of bleed off the service. Like, like the first-party games are going to stay on it forever, right? Mm-hmm. So they they build up they build up the service off the back of these third-party partnerships, and then hopefully keep people around. It's you know it becomes a first-party subscription service, and and then you know whatever else they can cobble together from from third parties. Yeah. Unless they go the max route and just start removing their own content too. <laughs> True. <laughs> Okay, that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Jacob in Orlando. He says, I'm a big fan of the show. This is my first time writing in. I started listening when I was working third shift at Disney World, and it got me through the long hours. What's third shift? Oh, wow. Is is he, like, working overnight? overnight? Because midnight to 8 a.m. But the park's closed then, so it's interesting. Yeah, that means you wrangle the cats. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a ghost rattling around the place. And with that, let the questioning begin. Mitchell, do you know how this all works? Yeah, uh, I've, I've watched I, I've watched a couple uh, video game twenty questions before. I'll, I'll ask the uh, the go to number one question: Did this game come out in the seventies, eighties, or nineties? No. Oh, wow, I thought he was going to go with hats. No. Same. Well, you haven't used a hat question in a long time. Yeah, that, yeah. that was when I used to switch for <laughs> for uh, Game Scoop. <laughs> wow. So no. Yeah. No. Uh, okay, is this game is this game on the Nintendo Switch? Yes. Ooh. Is this game made by a Japanese developer? No. Is this an indie game? No. Modern game, not made by a Japanese developer, and not. Was this released game. on a console before the Switch? Yes, that's five. Was this generally considered a good game? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is the version available on the Switch? I know we're focusing on Switch a lot. Uh, <laughs> a remake, remaster, or HD version? Mm, no. Just no. Interesting. Okay. <sighs> oh. so probably just like a PS4 
Xbox it, One era game. Is this a Ubisoft, Activision, or EA game? Yes. Should we try to get the genre down? Well, I want to get the I want to get the studio down. I like the company. Is it a Ubisoft game? Yes. Hey. There we go. Uh, okay, so Ubisoft would be... Would it, did Child of Light get ported to the Switch? Yeah, it could be Assassin's Creed. Is this is part of a series? Yes, that's 10. It's not Beyond Good and Evil. Is this part of evil. the Assassin's Creed series? Yes. Hey, okay, okay, okay. Which ones are on the Switch? Uh, Four? Black, that's Black actually Flag, a hard I question. think, was the first one. I, I don't think, think three there's... is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is... Oh, three? Yeah, it could be. Weirdly, I don't think, there's I don't like think recent. I don't think but, that many are. Yeah, gosh. But uh, so would would Odyssey Origins and Valhalla not be on it? Is that the situation? They're not on it, as far as I know. They, unless they, they did some like streaming st- thing. Maybe they did some streaming version. Oh God, oh God. I doubt it. I don't um, think so. Is this par- is this part of the Odyssey Origins or? Uh, Valhalla trilogy of Assassin's Creeds? No. Do you do you steer a cool pirate boat and sing cool pirate shanties in this game with your crew? Yes. Hey, uh, is it Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag? It is Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag. Nice. Great yeah. Fourteen questions. One of my favorite things about Assassin's Creed is that they continue to bring back the sea shanties. Like, they're in Odyssey, even though it's yeah. not, like, period appropriate. But, like, nobody yeah. cares. Yeah, mm. it's fine. This still looks pretty good. I haven't played this in a long yeah. time, but it still looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I mean, I think what Syndicate was, like, kind of the last true, like, original mm-hmm. style of, of Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah, that's it. Till- kind of going back to it now. Yeah. But, uh, Why does this look so good? <laughs> Maybe I mean, it was a beautiful like, game. I mean, it's because it, Assassin's Creed 4 is secretly the best or second best Assassin's Creed game. Man. I mean, it was released in 2013 on, on both PS3 and PS4. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah, 2013. That, 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 that feels simultaneously like a long time ago and then like also not long ago at all. Yeah. Somehow. I mean, yeah. Like 10 years ago. There's been a lot of Assassin's Creed since then, I guess. Um, I mid- love the ship combat so much, and the boss ships are my favorite thing because they're just really big. Like in 1942, when you fight enemy planes, and they're just like the bosses are just huge planes. That game had a really good, just like such a satisfying ending. It was so good. It's so good. Nice. <laughs> it's such a good one. I love the like underwater like exploration puzzles where you're like exploring a sunken ship. Oh yeah. And you have to like swim. Oh, yeah, like, hold, you know, you're like holding your breath. You have to swim through this maze trying to get to the next air mm-hmm. checkpoint. Yeah, it was cool too. We've talked about this a little bit recently. Uh, Mitchell, how are you feeling about Assassin's Creed Mirage? Uh, I'm looking forward to the return to the the classic Assassin's Creed style. I think I got kind of burnt out on Assassin's Creed Witcher Edition. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, and, you know, it it all goes back and forth, right? Because going up to that point, we were like begging Assassin's Creed to change. Then it did. And now we're begging it to change to something else. Yeah, so, I'm not. So yeah, uh, I, I'm excited about it. Uh, I I haven't been super stoked for an Assassin's Creed game in a, a, a little bit. So I'm hoping that this brings me back because it was a series that I really, really loved um, from two to about 
four. <laughs> I love Odyssey. And then I kind of fell off. I liked Odyssey too, but you know, it, it, it really cemented my open world exhaustion of mm. just having just a sh- ungodly amount of icons on my map. And you know, you, you see, you see all those things of it's like choice paralysis. You see all these things on a map. It's like, Oh, what do I do? You know what? I don't, I don't want to make a decision right now. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Well, do sure. I have a final fantasy game for you, Mitchell? <laughs> <laughs> well, final fantasy 16 actually does a good job of introducing side quests. Very like drip feed. Like uh, mm-hmm. you only get like two or three at a time. Every time you come back to the hide- uh, hideaway. Mm-hmm. Well, nicely job. Thank you for the suggestion. Jacob from Orlando. Uh, viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for Video Game 20 questions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. I'm going to be off next week on vacation, but fear Ooh. not, Sam will be stepping in to host next what? week's episode, so you do not have to go hungry out there in Scoop Nation. Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Thanks for having me. Trying to make it, we'll make sure that another 729 episodes don't pass before you have you on again. Thank you to both <laughs> Sam and Justin. Thank you to Tom and Moran working behind the scenes here in our LA studio to make this episode possible. My name is Damon, this is IGN Game Soup, and we're out. I shook you in my dream as hard as I could stand. When I stopped, you fell away. Pockets full of sand Waking up a world away Cutting through the air 7,000 miles to kill I'll see you when I'm there Just look into my eyes You're watching it decay Twitching in the net again
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.